Well, a good Wednesday morning to you, and I want to welcome you to Wheat Among the Tares, our live program here from the studios of Gethsemane Global Radio in Lexington, South Carolina. I want to thank you for joining us here this morning. I appreciate everybody that tunes in and listens to this program, Wheat Among the Tares. We're here to convey to you, our listeners, of those that are laboring on the mission field, those that are involved in the various ministries that we have talked through through the years, And we trust that out of this that you'll know better how to pray for those that are ministering on the mission field. I have a couple of ladies this morning that are very special, and uh, they have been laboring in the uh, area of Haiti for, I think, close to 40 years or better. And I want to welcome to Wheat Among the Tares this morning these special ladies, Miss Kathy Galker and Miss Alice Wise. Ladies, welcome to Wheat Among the Tares this morning. Thank you very much. Well, and I and I know we have stereo going on there. And again, I appreciate <laughs> that's all right. You I appreciate you both coming on and uh, and visiting with us here this morning. Let me ask you first off. Um for for both of you, and then we will kind of go one at a time here. But uh was I correct in my 40 years of uh, ministering there in an orphanage in Haiti? Well, you were correct about us ministering to an orphanage in Haiti, but we're on 47 years now. 47 years. Amen. Yes. 47 years. <laughs> Ladies, uh, and I think that uh, everybody that's listening here would absolutely say amen to your service there in in laboring among uh, those that in Haiti are in such a need. And uh, and uh, first of all, I want to say thank you, and, and I give the Lord the glory uh, for the strength that he's given to you both through the years there. Well, Miss Kathy, I'm going to start with you first of all. Um, let's go back, and, um, uh, and you can kind of convey uh, how you personally – uh, ended up with uh, the burden, kind of the history of how you ended up, and then we will shift to Miss Alice and give her an opportunity to tell us how she ended up in that same place. So, Miss Kathy, if you would, a little bit of history about you and how you ended up in Haiti. Okay, well, um, I accepted the Lord as my Savior when I was about six or seven years old in Dunbar Baptist Church in Dunbar, Pennsylvania. And I grew up in a Christian home, and um, I got baptized when I was about eight. And then when I was about 15, uh, an evangelist, Jimmy Rose, came to our church, and um, I dedicated my life to the Lord to for him to use me in just any way that he wanted to. And so um, I can't give my testimony without talking about Alice because we've always done everything together. So I'll let her get us up to this point, too. All right. Well, I got saved when I was nine years old, and it was through a 
a man came to our house and asked my parents if he could take us to vacation Bible school. And on the first day, I heard how the Lord died for me, and I just started crying because I'd never heard that before. And I got saved, and then, but I didn't know that there were different kind of churches and all that kind of thing. And so I didn't really go. I went to different churches. And then later on, uh, um, another preacher came to the house, and he said that he would take us to church. And so I started going to church, and then that first preacher came back and said he wanted to start a church. So he took us. And then when I was 15, I went to Kathy's church. And it was a preacher there that he said that he would come halfway because it was 45 minutes from home. And so that's how I met Kathy. And I went started going to Dunbar Baptist Church. And then now it's time for Kathy to tell you something else. Okay. So um, then we went to Bob Jones University together and, along with some other young people. From our church, Alice majored in um, elementary education, and I majored in Christian education. And uh, we graduated from there, and we went with uh, Independent Gospel Missions, and they and we went to um, West Virginia for three years as missionaries, and working back up in the in the hills of West Virginia, having children's Bible classes and ladies' Bible studies. And then after three years, um, we thought that we weren't doing enough. We had to wait for school to be out and everything. And we were just, we felt like we were willing to do more than that. And so we, the mission director said that um, he was going to start sending people around to different countries to have uh, Bible college and not only Bible, but some other subjects. So Alice and I felt that the Lord wanted us to do that, so we left West Virginia, and the first place that the mission sent us was to Haiti, and we were here for three months, and we we um, worked in that Bible Institute, and then after that, that three months was over, well, we went back home thinking that we were going to go to Korea and do the same thing. Well, Korea wasn't ready. So after three months, again, they sent us back to Haiti. And so that was when we decided that the Lord wanted us to stay here and work with Pastor Sebian and just help him in any way that we could. So the Lord the Lord just guided us step by step. Kathy, the, um, the steps, as you mentioned, uh, for you and Alice both, um, getting hooked up at 15 years of age and through each one of those steps and, and how God guided you, uh, and eventually put you into Haiti. You know, I know you look back and you say, well, you know, what about Korea? Uh, would that have been a possibility? That door was shut. So the Lord made it very clear, obviously to both of you, that Haiti was the place where you were to be. Yes, he did. But when we came here, we only came here for three months. And then he just kept working it out till we would, till we finally saw that he wanted us to stay and learn the language and just be able to work with the people. And we thank him so much for this opportunity. When we first came to Haiti, we, we didn't know much of the language, but Pastor Seving was going to the States. And so we had 27 orphans at the time. But we really couldn't talk to them much. But it was it was interesting. 
But they would come and they would be telling us something that somebody did. And we thought, we don't understand what the first person's saying. And we don't understand what the second person's saying. But we did learn a few words. And it was, pa, fe, sa, encore. Don't do that again. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't know what they did, but we just said, don't do it again. And, hey, it worked. <laughs> I bet with children it certainly does. It certainly does. Yeah. I want to add something about when we first came, when we first left Bob Jones University, we were with the mission board. And so we traveled around to some churches that fall and then went home for Christmas. And then and in January, we went to a church in Dexter, Michigan to help them with a, a school of tomorrow school for, for uh, elementary school. And we were going home for Easter and we just looked at each other and we said, you know what, why don't we just go to the field? It was West Virginia at the time. We said, why don't we just go to the field? And when the Lord doesn't supply our need, then we'll go home. And, you know, that's the way we've done it ever since. We don't know how much money we're going to get from each month, but it's always enough. <laughs> it just works. And so we just thank the Lord for his, his provision and the way he's really taking care of us and the orphans, too. Well, and, and faith, it really is what you and Sister Alice both have lived on through these years uh, and how God has supplied. That That is a great testimony in of itself. Alice, I know you've probably seen some uh, some trying times with both you and and uh, Sister Kathy. And um, is are there any moments maybe you would like to describe before we get into the currently the ministry there and and maybe going back and recollecting maybe several situations that you saw God's hand work firsthand? Well, some of the trying times are like when a child dies or or um, when there's violence in the country and things like that. But you just see the Lord just taking care of you in every situation. And we just we just thank the Lord for the peace that does pass all understanding and that he can really, he's there with us no matter what's happening. Pastor Sabian, I know he has, and I've had the opportunity to meet him some years ago. And um, a, a fine man indeed who has been so faithful through the years as well. Ladies, let me ask you, as far as the work of the orphanage, how you became involved in that, give us a little history there of how you first came into the the orphanage aspect of things and what the Lord has done through the years as far as specifically the ministry of the orphanage there. Well, when we first came to Haiti, we were teaching in that Bible school. And so Pastor Seven said, I want to take you up north to show you where I'm going to start an orphanage. And so we got on the regular transportation, and it took, I think it was 14 hours to get up here. It's only 150 miles, but there was all kind of problems. So it took quite a bit of time to get here. And we stayed in town, and we came to the, the place where he had started the building for the orphanage. And that was, in, that was the year before when we were only going to stay for three months. But then the following following year about that very same time is when we came back to Haiti the orphanage had started in October and then we came in January so the orphanage was just in existence like three months before we came so we've been at the orphanage ever since when we first came there wasn't running water here there wasn't electricity so we said we had running water if the kids would run somewhere and get it (laughs) (laughs) 
Amen. <laughs> it works. <laughs> Indeed, that so is running water. Yeah, we thank the Lord for the way he took care of us there. The children themselves, and, and I know that you have watched many, many children go through the care there of the orphanage. Tell us, first of all, the name of the orphanage there and uh, kind of what is involved with the day-to-day operations. Well, the name of the orphanage is ABAC Orphanage, and ABAC is is the abbreviation for Eglise Baptiste Armée du Christ, which is the Baptist Church Army of Christ Orphanage. And um, they, well, really, I mean, we've gone through several sets of kids since we've been here. And I really just thank the Lord for the blessing that he's giving us now since we've stayed so long of seeing how some of the orphans have turned out and we just thank the Lord so much for um, just helping us to be able to be here. What we mostly concentrated on in our ministry here was just trying to get as much of the Word of God into the orphans as we could. And so we started out by teaching them songs. And uh, we would just use a lot of the songs from like Catch the Pirate and different things like that good songs and translating them into Creole and then teaching them. And we would go from, um, we would go, we wouldn't just stay here at the orphanage, but there was sometimes when we would go out to different churches that Pastor Sebian has started and have those Bible classes with the, uh, during the chapel hour of their schools. And so we were able to see a lot of the children get saved. But even now the adults, that have turned out they always thank us for the songs that we taught them and we thank the lord that it seems to have really helped them to stay in touch with him and we're just thankful for that kathy how do um how do you come about the children that come into the orphanage there okay pastor sebian has started over 200 churches in haiti and so, so he has, he's in contact with these pastors regularly. And if they know somebody that really needs to be in the orphanage, well, they will tell him about them and bring them. And Pastor Sebian will um, interview them and see how that should be. And he accepts them into the orphanage that way. And he's also a doctor of traditional medicine. And he makes a lot of the medicines and he has clinic right here in um, in the ABAC yard. And many of the people that come there, well, that they will tell him about children that need to be in the orphanage. And so he's the one that decides. And it's, it's varying ages from probably infants all the way up to late teens and early adults, correct? Well, we have never taken babies. Uh, we said that they can't be, they can't be in diapers when they come here because we just don't have the, the personnel to take care of them. Okay. So we, we have gotten them probably about from three, three, age three, but really basically we take them about three and we keep them. I mean, we have 25 year olds, 27 year olds still here now. They've never given us any trouble, but they're 
there just aren't job opportunities that pay enough for them to be able to find, uh, to rent a place. And so some of them still are here. Others have gotten married and they've settled all around us. And we have a pretty good community here now. And we really, we just thank the Lord for the way that he has uh, raised them up. Some of them have gone on to uh, start churches themselves. When a group of them has gone down the, the road about two miles and they've started an orphanage. And they started a hospital. One of our boys was able to go to medical school. And so he's in charge of that. And there's just so many ways that the Lord just keeps blessing us every day. I just want to add something else to it. Um, Over 20 years ago, we had a preacher came down and he said that he would help us start an English school for the kids. So we started teaching our orphans in English. And how do you start an orphanage teaching them in English? What we did was everybody that was in sixth grade or lower, we put them back in kindergarten, and so they weren't they weren't happy with us. You know, mm. it was in pace. We did that at school of tomorrow, the ACE program. Yes, but uh, they didn't really work at it very much at first because they didn't realize what we were doing. They thought we were just trying to teach them English instead of really teaching them all their subjects. But now they really know. We've had kids go to the states. They've been able to go through college, haven't had a problem with it. And so our kids now know that it's a very good thing that that we did for them. And they're working in school. We have a lot of kids that are really working hard. But you you asked about why we have kids that are older. Well, some of them would come here when they were 12 years old. They had to start in kindergarten again. Because that's what everybody has to do. Of course, they go through it so that they can get the vocabulary. Now, kindergarten might only take them two weeks for a month because they have to learn how to pronounce their letters the way that they do in English. Mm-hmm. They have to know the days of the week, the years, and a little bit of vocabulary, and then they go to first grade. So some of the kids go through it very, very fast now, but they still had to start there. So we have kids that are in high school, but they're 20 years old and they're still in, play, in, in high school. And so even even in the sixth grade program, if they're, if they're like 20, we won't let them go into high school because they're going to be too old when they get out, you know. But okay. it's it's working very, very well. And the kids are doing good. And really, when they get out, they can find jobs now because they know English. It's very rewarding. The Being a uh, elementary st- teacher for both of you and having teaching degrees, obviously, and it is... <laughs> It's almost as plain as the nose on your face that that the Lord had intentions of after you uh, went through your college that God had plans for you to absolutely utilize your skills and what God had taught you uh, in teaching others who normally would not have had the opportunity uh, that these uh, orphans have had. And to me, and you ladies have said it very well, that you have rejoiced to see what the Lord has done uh, in helping prepare these kids. Right now in our school, um, Kathy and I, this year when we came back to Haiti, we came back to Haiti in February, the end of February. But because we couldn't get back in January, some of our older orphans who had been in the school kind of took over the classes for us. And they're doing an excellent job. And so we're just really thankful for that, that, that it can go on even if we can't be here all the time. 
that they can still have school because before that, they, school just had to close. If we weren't here, there wasn't school. So we're, we're, we're really blessed. What other aspects of the orphanage right now, other than the school, is involved in your day-to-day? I, I'm thinking of, of how, you, how do you feed these orphans and what's involved as far as the obtaining of food. And I know sometimes that can be a challenge. Uh, how do you go about that? What's, where's the supply come from? Well, we know where the supply comes from. It comes right from the Lord. Amen. And we thank, <laughs> and we thank him so much for all of the, the support that people have sent to us. We have about the same people supporting us now as we did when we first started a long time ago. And so we thank the Lord. We're not the only ones that are faithful. But um, you asked how we get the food supply. Well, um, we have older orphans now. We have married orphans that come and they help us. They go to the market and they buy in large quantities because we are never sure that we're going to be able to find food when the time comes for us to buy it just because of the situation of the country right now. Sure. And so they, they buy in large quantities like for maybe two or three months at one time some of the things that won't spoil. Then we have another one of our orphans that's married and she comes and she goes to the market every, every week and buys the perishable items and brings it. And she also um, gets the charcoal. We have to send uh, away for it to quite a distance and, and she gets that and makes sure that it's all together. So, Different people are working and helping and making sure that the kids have have um, their food to eat. We have two cooks and they do a good job. And so, I mean, it's it's working. We thank the Lord that He is making it work. It might not be according to American standards. We don't know, but this is the way that He's used us to get it to go. Amen. It's a Haitian orphanage run in the Haitian way. Amen. And so. We always said we didn't want the kids to have it too good, so they never want to leave. <laughs> well, uh, it, they they don't want to leave. They do consider it their family, and whenever they grow up, they still come back and visit all the time. Just and then we have some of the grandchildren that we have coming to the school too. So we really thank the Lord for the way this is turning out. Well, ladies, God certainly has given you a much bigger family than you could have ever anticipated, right? Yes, he has. Really, he certainly has. (laughs) He certainly has. I was just thinking of a ministry that we are familiar with, and I know you you ladies are, and that's Missionary Flights International, uh, Brother Dick Snook and the folks there. Uh, They are a lifeline, if you would, uh, into Capation from out of uh, Florida a couple of days a week, and I know you folks are very connected with them. That's the way we can every time when we come back to Haiti, and that way we can bring in more things because we just tell them we have so much cargo we want to bring in. Like we'll say, can we bring 700 pounds on the plane, for example? And so we have to pay, you know, for the shipping of that, but that's okay because. We can bring in stuff. We can bring in food. We can bring in clothing for the kids and shoes. 
And we couldn't exist without them. I mean, they just really are our lifeline. All of our mail comes through Missionary Flights, and and all of our support comes through Missionary Flights. You know, the, the checks and everything that come down to us, it all comes through Missionary Flights. And we just, we were talking to somebody in Haiti, and we said, do you know, is there a way you can get a piece of mail through a post office in Haiti? And the, this was a Haitian talking to us, and they said, no, we can't think of any way you can get it. So we just, I mean, we can't say enough good about missionary flights. And really, we didn't have missionary flights when we first came to Haiti. And uh, the first year we were here, uh, my grandmother died, and they sent a telegram. And the telegram didn't arrive until six days after the funeral. So the, the uh, communication isn't that great, you know? Yes. So we just, we just really, really thank the Lord for missionary flights and for all that they do, not only for us, but for so many others too. Well, and, and uh, what a blessing. We had an opportunity to uh, speak to uh, Brother Dick Snook here a little while back on one of our Weed Among the Tares programs. And, uh, and just understanding the niche that they fill there uh, for you ladies mm-hmm. and other uh, missionary pastors and groups there in Haiti is just, um, it's priceless. It really is when you think about it. And, uh, and I know yeah. that they, they really fill a void for you, for you folks. Let me ask you, folks that are listening right now, and by the way, if you're just tuning in, uh, we are speaking with uh, Kathy Galker and Alice Wise. These are two ladies that have been ministering in Haiti in an orphanage there for 47 years and certainly have dedicated their lives to the service of others and have laid aside their own desires and to serve the Lord and to others. And uh, ladies, I can't help but just think of when the Lord himself laid aside his splendor and his glory to come here and engraft himself into humanity and and take upon him uh, ministering to those that uh, of us that had no desire really for him and yet he willingly offered his life for us and and I can honestly say that you uh, you both have labored for so many years there. Uh, in Haiti and, and certainly laid your lives down that others uh, may benefit from that. And, I, and again, I just want to say glory to God that you have followed the Lord's lead concerning that. Let me ask you really quickly, with regard to specific needs, and, and ladies, I'm looking at the most recent letter uh, in spring of 2023 that you have, um, that you just sent out. And um and you, you were mentioned about Pastor Sabian, the clinic there. Uh, there are needs that are there. Um, if, if you could point out maybe one or two specific needs for our listeners that they maybe could, God would touch their heart and may could help with. Sister Kathy, maybe you've got one. And Sister Alice, maybe you've got one that you could think of specifically. Well, I think one of the the greatest needs that we have is for Bibles and tracts in Creole. There have been so many disasters in this country that people have lost their Bibles and they have, you know, the earthquakes, the floods and all that, now different things and now the gangs and everything they've had to run from their homes. But um, Bibles are very scarce here and they're very expensive. 
But um, I, I know we have a group. We had a group of uh, our older <clears throat> boys that went way far down south of of Port-au-Prince, and they were on a a week uh, mission for a week, and they had some crafts, and they gave them out. And in that place, the pr- there was a preacher there, and he said to all the people, he said, "Well, now you have the word of God." Make sure you bring it to church with you Sunday. And it was a trap. They didn't have any Bibles at all. So, I mean, there are so many places, even right here where we live. And this, I consider this uh, a well-evangelized area of Haiti. That there are people that need Bibles so badly. And uh, we would be very glad. Now we have a lot of people living in different places in Haiti. And we can get the Bible to them if we would just have them. Well, we'll certainly make that number one a priority that uh, those that are listening, uh, that we can locate Bibles and get them to you. These are Bibles in Haitian Creole. That would be absolutely a priority, number one, for uh, for the work there. Sister Alice, do you, yes. is there something on your heart concerning that? Well, I know that we have uh, mobile clinics that people are going out from our older orphans who are married are going out, and they said that they wanted to do like four mobile clinics this year. But the prices are so high because everything is just so much more expensive. Of course, it is in the United States, too. But it's just, it's like four times higher than what it was last year. I mean, it's just, it's just really, really out of sight. And people really are starving a lot in Haiti right now. You you don't talk about food. You don't talk about what you had. for. You never talk about a dessert you had or, or your meal you had because somebody that's in the same room with you, might they might not have gotten anything to eat that day. So it's, it's just a very hard situation. Yes. And so, I mean, the, the need is very, very great for, for food and for medical supplies, too. Well, Can I say something else? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, we have a fund called Helping Hungry Haitians. And um, we just put some money into that fund and we give it to some of our older orphans that go to different areas. And we say, give it to the people that you see they don't have anything. And so they have been so blessed to do that. And they're just so willing to do that. Uh, for example, we had three ladies that came today. These are older orphans that are, have been married and they live out in the community. And we gave each of them 200, 2000 Haitian dollars. Now that's not a whole lot American, but they were so thankful. They came and thanked us because they said they have people coming to them all the time because they don't have anything to eat. And so, that's just the way we like to do it. You know, we don't want to give it to them our, ourselves because then they think it's coming from another country. But we like to give it to our orphans and let them take it out and just have the blessing of giving it. Amen. How would folks that are listening right now, um, as far as the, the orphanage there uh, and specifically helping hungry Haitians, what address would they contact you with? Uh, how could they, they get use, that? They would use the 
the missionary flight address. Can you give that you to us? Yes, ma'am. Yes, I can. You would put our names and you would put unit number 1049-EBAC. Then the next line would be 3170 Airman's Drive. Then the next line would be Fort Pierce, Florida, 34946. And then it would get right, it would come right here, and then we could give it out. Or if they wanted to send it to your church there, and then they could get a tax-deductible receipt for it that way. Well, I'm going to repeat that address for those that are listening to us here today uh, and want to make sure that uh, we have it correctly. But it's either to Kathy Galker and Alice Wise, uh, Unit 1049-1049-EBAC. That's Echo Bravo Alpha Charlie, 3170 Airman Drive, Fort Pierce, and that's P-I-E-R-C-E, Fort Pierce, Florida, 34946. Well, I wanted to make sure that our listeners were able to, would be able to contact you if, if God so burdens their heart. And, um, and by the way, the exchange rate for $1 in Haitian right now, uh, ladies, what is it? Do you know? It's $33 for one dollar american wow so the american dollar is very high but everything costs it's just like when we will spend seventy thousand dollars to get food because the haitian money just isn't that valuable you know so wow so that that's yeah seventy thousand dollars a month haitian money you know, that's just for some of the food. That's not all of it. That's just some of it because everything's just so, it's just out of sight. It really is. So. Well, certainly. But the Lord takes care of <laughs> amen. And amen. And I know he does. His heart is, is toward you guys for sure because you're caring for children and uh, many of them uh, in their early days are helpless. And, and again, I go back to my comment that the Lord has certainly blessed you ladies with uh not only the care of many, uh, but also giving you strength through the years to be able to minister there. Either one of you, uh, I, our, our custom is to pray for those that, um, that we interview here. So if there's a particular prayer request that you would like to give us, I'm going to pray and then we will, uh, we will end our interview. Uh, but if there's a particular prayer request that are that are on your hearts, please share them with us now, if you would. We just want to be found faithful. That's, that's what we want. We just want to do what the Lord wants us to do on a day-to-day basis. Pray for safety. Pray for for just whatever the Lord has for us each day. Amen. We just thank the Lord for the way he takes care of us. Amen. 47 years of labor there. And uh, uh, again, I just, uh, I just want to say thank the Lord and thank you for your faithfulness. Ladies, we're going to pray, and uh, and those that are listening for right now, I trust that you will uh, join us in prayer for uh, Sister Alice and Sister Kathy as we pray for them. 
Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we come thanking you for uh, the opportunity to speak to these ladies uh, today. Certainly a, a, a joyful thing to my heart personally to know of the labors that have gone on there. And Lord, that so many have been affected and comforted and strengthened through the ministry of that orphanage there. And certainly for Uh, These ladies, that your good hand of mercy and protection be upon them and upon the orphans. Lord, for Pastor Sabian as well, and thank you for the years that he has labored. God, give him, I pray, much strength for his labors. And Lord, you know the needs that are there. Uh, Those that have been described to us, Lord, just the amount every month that's needed in order to meet the need. Lord, you know, and I pray that through God's people that you would supply. Lord, thank you again, Lord, for the testimony of your faithfulness to them. And Lord, I pray that as they ask, that they would be faithful, Lord, to continue in the grace of God. Thank you again for the opportunity to speak to them. And Father, we give you the glory in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Ladies, I I just want to say thank you so much. Kathy Galker, Alice Wise ministering orphanages there in Haiti. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us today on Wheat Among the Tares. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you, too. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today for Wheat Among the Tares. Certainly an interesting program today. Pray for us here. May the Lord bless you and have a wonderful day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.